0: Welcome to the Sal Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. We have Championship Weekend. Final thoughts, the NFC-AFC Conference Championships. My final thoughts on DraftKings picks, whatever you might want to call it, advice here. We're going to go position by position. I've actually ranked them by position now, so not only is quarterback and running back ranked updated up until right now, Friday morning early, and if you want my most updated, where my exposures are, where the ownership is, and discussing all that, you can get that on Sunday morning, my... Patreon exclusive podcast closing thoughts. You can check that out linked up down below, as well as my projections, data sheets, game by game notes, a lot of other things for the NFL over on Patreon. I encourage you to check that out, linked up down below, PGA and NBA content dropping there on a weekly and for the NBA daily basis, as well as NFL, or NFL, yes, but XFL content going to be coming shortly, as that starts up in a measly three weeks, very excited for that, rule changes all out, but for here, for the NFL, we're going to discuss this two-game slate, and before, before, before we do, please do hit the subscribe button, Um, we're going to be around 500 or so subscribers away by the time this video comes out, from 19,000, I really, really appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button helps me out a ton as I continue to produce this free content here on YouTube as an independent content creator. So thank you so much. Follow me on my social medias as well. I'm very active on Twitter. I post more analytics, content updates over there, uh, meaningful information, I believe in those tweets, as well as on Instagram. You can follow me over there as well as I build up my Instagram portfolio. But lastly, this video is sponsored by Draft or Fantasy Draft, which is linked up above right now. And Fantasy Draft is a rake-free platform where you can go and you can play these salary cap games without having to pay a rake. You play a monthly subscription fee, and it's a measly less than 1% of what you're going to pay compared to the 15% on average rake on a daily basis on these sites like FanDuel and DraftKings and 30% of a lifetime. What is this rake, you might ask? Well, pretty much what it is is just t- the, the t- uh, money that the site takes off the top, right? So if there's $100 in a prize pool, just say they're going to take at least $10 to 15 off of that. And that's how they make their due. Um, so be sure to check out Fantasy Draft where It's just a much easier way to profit. They actually track that on your settings in your account, how much money you're saving due to rake. Very cool. If you click the link down below in the description, the Twitter link to uh, Fantasy Draft, you can check that out. Follow me on Twitter while you do so. And even if you don't want to, just click the link. It helps me out as well. Helps them allow to see that there are people actually coming to them from this platform. So hit that subscribe button on the audio version, how those ears doing, hit the subscribe button and the five-star rate in a review, and let's get into this video and podcast episode starting with the quarterbacks. Some things have changed here, actually. I shouldn't say nothing. At the top, Patrick Mahomes still remains my favorite option. Look, Tennessee's outside the top 22, like I said, on the Monday show, on the Tuesday show. Outside the top 22 in pass coverage and pass rush, you're going to have a KC offensive line that is fairly healthy. Both of these games are featuring fairly healthy teams besides one big player that we'll talk about when we discuss Ryan Tannehill uh, on the Chiefs defensive side of the ball. But everything looks good for Mahomes here. All his offensive weapons come into this game healthy. Kelsey and Hill both seem to have avoided any major injuries in that last game when they both left for short stints. You still have Sammy Watkins. The Marcus Robinson only uh, left the field for a stint last week because of two early drops. He ended up being somewhat slightly benched in terms of his normal snaps and routes run, uh, especially for a 50-point game. So Mahomes at 7,700 remains my favorite option. He by far and away remains my highest projected player. Again, you can get that on Patreon link below. In the faster-paced game with the highest implied team total by points. That comes in at 29.75. I like the seven and a half point home favorites. And I do think that the, the outlier of what Tennessee has been doing over the last two weeks comes to an end when they actually face a good pass offense here on the road. Jimmy Garoppolo is number two for me, and it's a pretty significant drop. But if you're talking point per dollar wise, like value, he is a he's a close option to Mahomes for me. So I actually like him when you factor in price, right? Green Bay is top five in pressure rates. They come in on some sites, number four, some number five, um, but they're right up there. San Fran's offensive line is healthy, though. Packers defensive line is also healthy with Kenny Clark coming in last week. Questionable seems to be practicing all so far this week. It's really a pricing play here. I have Jimmy G projected as my second highest projected quarterback, and he's the cheapest. So he's obviously going to be ahead of Tannehill and Rodgers when that happens for me, but I still have Mahomes for a good five or six points higher projected than Jimmy Garoppolo. So on a two game slate, when at the end of the day, you're really just looking for points upside as long as you can fill out a decent roster. I do still prefer Mahomes. Jimmy G would be number two those are my only two interests at quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill would be number three for me if I had to rank him ahead of Rodgers here for a $600 price savings. And it might be a little bit more appealing if Chris Jones misses. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, the number one pass rush player and potentially top run stopper, one of the top ones on this t- team in the middle of that defensive line for the Chiefs. It's going to be big if he doesn't play, of course. Casey continues to improve on their pass rush, especially at home. But if they're going to miss Jones, that's huge. Um, secondary continues to improve as well, trending more towards a, a middle of the pack secondary, if anything. And you pretty much saw that last week, aside from the early blunders, the secondary was pretty locked down for Deshaun Watson versus the Will Fullers and DeAndre Hopkins of the world until very soft press coverage on those last final drives of the game at 5,500. I'm not going to get to Tannehill all that much. I think he throws more than he has the last two times, probably 25 to 26 to 28 times in this one, just being forced to throw on the road and down against a elite caliber offense like this one compared to run heavy offense in Baltimore slows the game down compared to just a terrible offense all around in New England because slightly due to injuries, suspensions, players cut, but really just a terrible offense all around. Tannehill's really not a guy of interest in. Same for Rodgers. I do think the Packers have a chance to win this weekend at seven point road underdogs since the health of Brian Blaga is so huge. He missed last week due to an illness. He left early, if you recall, the game against San Fran week 12, and that led to a lot of pressure and led to the Packers having a hard time establishing the running game. You have a top five pass this year, but it turns out the Packers have the best offensive line blocking advantage by a wide margin. The secondary is number two in some spots, number one in other spots for San Francisco. It's a very bad spot for Rodgers at 6,100. He actually projects out as my lowest projected points quarterback as the second highest priced one. I'm just not going to get there. Heading over to the running back position now, I have these ranked as well for you. So starting over here at running back at the top, Damian Williams is my number one running back, 59 of 61% of this or of 61 snaps last week. Darwin Thompson got one snap and LaShawn McCoy also got one measly snap. He had three touchdowns on just 14 touches. So they did not run the ball like they got down early by 24 and they ended up going, you know what, we're just not going to run the ball and they didn't run the ball until like the fourth quarter and he got in a couple extra carries at that point. He had a couple of receptions. He obviously had a crazy touchdown to touch ratio in this one, three on 14 touches. Tennessee ranks fourth in run defense. They rank second in tackling. Those are concerning numbers, but we're on a two-game slate here. You have a, not overpriced, appropriately priced Derrick Henry, but expensive. You have a similarly priced Aaron Jones in a, a, in a similarly difficult matchup, believe it or not. San Fran's rush defense is very comparable to Tennessee's rush defense. Yes, their pass rushes are, are not that comparable when it comes to run stop and tackling. These teams are very comparable. So at the end of the day, I'll take the player who's in the better offensive spot, who's a seven and a half point home favorite, who has a 29.75 team implied total instead of Aaron Jones, 19 team implied total. Damian Williams is coming in chalky. It makes sense on a two game slate. I'll still get there. Derrick Henry is my number two option here at 8,700. You're going to have to prioritize him. Like If you're playing uh, Patrick Mahomes and you want to prioritize Derrick Henry, you might miss out on Tyree Kill. You might miss out on getting both of the tight ends this week in Kelsey and Kittle. So you have to prioritize him Is the issue. This, this magic run that he's having, it's going to come to an end. And even if it doesn't come to an end this week and he still goes for 150-plus and just say they end up losing a game, just know that this is an extreme outlier. Uh, So I've been off of Derrick Henry for the past couple weeks, and that's completely fine with me. Um, If you chase these types of performances from these types of backs – all the time in DFS, you're going to end up losing way more than you ever win. So I've been fine with that. And also when you factor in that in these mid to high stakes games, he's like one to 5% on. It doesn't matter at that point if you know the games that you're playing. So Tennessee does have a positive run blocking advantage, plus 12%. Kansas City is ranked 29th versus the run. And if Chris Jones does not play, Derrick Henry might move to my number one option. Chris Jones is huge for the middle of this defensive line. He is that huge when you're trying to tackle Derrick Henry. I'm projecting 26 touches, which is eight more than I'm projecting for any other running back this week. Um, So, yes, Derrick Henry is clearly one of the top options on a two-game slate, just based on pure opportunity alone. Uh, Aaron Jones is number three for me at 6,700. Played 53 of the 63 snaps last week, and he saw 22 touches as the lead dog. And he's been getting that role even since Jamal Williams' returned from injury for this Packers offense. He has a positive 10% run blocking advantage. This is a 10th ranked San Fran run defense, so it's definitely top 10, right? But it's also not as elite as their secondary, which is borderline number one in the league. With Brian Balaga back in, that's going to be huge. It's going to skew a lot of people's mindsets of this matchup from week 12. There was no Brian Balaga. They could not run to the right side of the field. There was no Brian Balaga last week. So the Aaron Jones bad game last week, I imagine a lot of people are going to continue to run away from. I have Jones projected for 18 touches, and he is far less owned than these other players, which makes him a lot more appealing to me. Raheem starts starts number four for me at just 4,300. He's picking up ownership. So is Tevin Coleman. Uh, but he saw 33.8% of the snaps last week, got 12 touches. He's lower in price than Coleman, and he's more appealing. Compared to Coleman, who I have ranked number five this week, 48.5% of the snaps, and he got 22 touches. Green Bay ranks 25th, 25th first to run, and I think people are going to chase Coleman. But here's the thing. They ran, or they only threw 19 times last week. They ran 42 times. In a game this week where I expect Jimmy H G to throw probably closer to 30 times than closer to 20 times you're probably going to lose somewhere around 10 rushing attempts, if this game goes as I expect. Those 10 rushing attempts on a guy who plays less than 50% of the snaps last week, and I don't think he gets above that this week, or maybe he goes right close to it, for Tevin Coleman, more times than not, when this team starts to throw more, those 22 touches are going to turn into like 16 touches. Most starts touches should stay secure around 10 to 12. So it's a spot that I think Tevin Coleman loses touches. I think that Matt Breida probably, instead of getting 8 touches on 11 snaps, since they were in such a run-heavy mode, ends up getting down to like four or five touches. And Tevin Coleman for $5,700 and $1,400 more than Mostart might only end up seeing three or four more touches than him. You could easily see Mostart flip the switch and become the guy who gets more touches if he's the hot hand early. So it's a spot where these San Fran running backs are clearly dangerous, but they have the best run blocking advantage scheme in maybe the entire league, just with Kyle Shanahan and that rushing offense and the types of backs they can throw into it in the town of their offensive line. So it's very scary because this seems like a spot where buried up Mostart or Coleman, one of them is going to be needed in a winning lineup. I kind of want to chase the cheapest one of Mostart, but it seems like the field is as well my number six ring player and this is where i start to not have any interest so my top five were damian williams derrick henry aaron jones and raheem Mostert. start number six is jamal williams only two touches on nine snaps last week i imagine they're going to use more two running backs sets this week get more uh, running backs in the receiving game jamal williams had a lot of success week 12 albeit a lot second half maybe garbage time success against the san francisco 49ers team both on the ground and in the air as a receiver but i think they're going to need to get him more involved they played a lot of 13 personnel which is just three tight ends and also 12 personnel two tight end sets last week but they were also ahead by three scores early. So they were able to do that. If they're down in this game, it's really hard to try and be deceptive by putting 13 personnel in the field and get any sort of creativity out of it. So I think you'll see more Jamal Williams. Number seven this week for me is Matt Breida. 11 snaps for eight touches last week. Look, like I said, they only threw 19 times. If they end up throwing 28 times this week, Breida probably ends up playing like Eight snaps and seeing like five touches, so he's not that all appealing to me. Dion Lewis is number eight. I think he sees thirty-five touches. Tyler Irvin for the Packers is very interesting for the showdown slate. Check out my video for that. I have it scheduled to release tomorrow on Saturday, depending on when you're watching this. It could be today or it could have been yesterday. But he had seven snaps and two touches, and he's just being used in the slot. He's a running back. He comes on these jet sweeps and end rounds. So there is slight upside at this flat minimum price point for Tyler Irvin. They like what they're seeing out of him. I have not projected in this one for three and a half touches. You can just call it four. I actually like what I see out of this kid, and it's clearly just more of a showdown play for me. But he's getting the touches. He's getting opportunities similar to Deion Lewis and maybe even similar to Matt Breida this week, and he's $400, $300 cheaper. Lastly, the Sean McQuay, I don't even have to rank him, but he's number 10, one snap versus Houston, no interest there. So I actually rank my wide receivers, in, and bear with me on ranking the wide receivers because there's, I've ranked 17 of them. So these things can change depending on one, one of these players' injury statuses in Tennessee, which is uh, very interesting, I would say, at the least at the price point that he's at as a flat minimum price point in Adam Humphrey. And then also depending on where I end up coming in based on salary restrictions. But this is where I'm at right now. And it is based on point per dollar. I'm factoring in salary when I try and rank all these guys. I'm factoring in ownership as well. So at the top of it, number one for me is Tyreek Hill against Tennessee. I think he had his best game, mostly top three because you've had those three touchdown games on prime time. But a top three career performance against Tennessee in Week 10. 11 catches, 157 yards, and one touchdown. And it was the way in which he did it. He had one deep pass for like 40 yards right before overtime in the fourth quarter. But he also had just a ton of broken tackles. This is a Tennessee team that struggles in tackling. And if you're going to do that against one of the best elusive wide receivers in the league in Tyree Kill, you're going to have problems. He'll face either Ty Smith or Tremaine Brock Jr., similar guys as to who he burned. Um... I believe LaShawn Sims was back there too at that time, but similar guys to who he burned in week 10 with te- against Tennessee. So I do like Tyreek Hill. 7,200 seems way too cheap. A.J. Brown at number two is, is also too cheap. Look, he's the number one matchup of the weekend. A plus 17 advantage against Brashad Breeland is coming in. He'll see some Tredavis sword. No problem there. I'm projecting Tannehill to throw more than he has the last two weeks. Even if you tell me he throws 26 times in this one, I think that bodes very well for A.J. Brown. I think he ends up seeing uh, six to seven targets. Number three for me is Devonte Adams. This is one that you could argue could be number two. You could even argue me that it should be number four or five, depending on the price. But Adams won't have to see Sherman. Kyle Shanahan came out and said that Emmanuel mostly is going to start over Anton Witherspoon. So that makes sense. It's a, it's a tougher matchup now for Adams than it would have been against Witherspoon, but it's still a, a winnable matchup compared to Sherman on the left side. Sherman stays on the left side. So Adams will just easily move into the slot against Kwon Williams or move to the right side. You saw a lot of Devontae Adams in the slot on the line of scrimmage last week. They're getting creative with it. So I have no worries that they won't be able to get him the ball. You just saw this week 12. He had seven catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. They kept everything in front with Devontae Adams. They double teamed him. So that's a concern at 7,900. But when he's in the red zone, he's going to be the main option. I have him projected for 12 targets. Hard to ignore in a two-game sleep number four for me and this is where it starts getting murky my number like four through six you can kind of interchange maybe four through seven interchange some of these guys and I really wouldn't knock you but I'll put Debo at number four he's going to face one of the most aggressive cornerbacks, and I'd argue the most aggressive cornerback that he's faced in his entire career high school college obviously now the NFL just because of the talent level Uh, Kevin King has been very impressive continues to be impressive last week when he was covering DK Metcalf Metcalf had a lot of trouble against him you saw similar things like this against Alshon Jeffrey some of these bigger and physical cornerbacks throughout the regular season and Kevin King continues to improve 5,500, I think Debo sees somewhere around six targets. Um, I'm not even convinced that I think he's the fourth best option on the slate of wide receiver. It really drops off a ton from these top three guys. I'm going to be targeting them a lot. Number five is actually Corey Davis. And I actually have Corey Davis projected for a decent amount of points. I have him very similar to Emmanuel Sanders and Sammy Watkins, but he's lower owned and he's much cheaper. He's $600 cheaper than Watkins. He's $900 cheaper than Sanders. This is the first week that I actually think he's okay. I was, I thought he was terrible the last couple weeks. He was facing two of the best three secondaries, in my opinion, in the Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots the last two weeks. Now he gets a matchup against Kansas City that at best is middle of the pack, probably slightly still below it, closer to bottom third of the league than an average secondary, but they have been improving. It's just a good spot for him. And if I think Tannehill throws more instead of getting four targets in this one, maybe it's five or six and five or six targets for $4,000. And I'm projecting Debo for six. For $1,500 less than Debo, it's an interesting spot. He's also not picking up the same ownership as the next guy on here, who I've ranked number six in Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is 4600 He played well last week, but he also saw increased opportunities due to early on Demarcus Robinson drops led to him going off the field a little bit. Tyreek Hill left the field for a little bit due to an injury. Travis Kelsey left the field for a little bit and then was limited in the third and fourth quarter due to an injury. So I do think Sammy Watkins saw probably an extra uh, target or two because of all the injuries and the drops from Robinson in that game. Now, he did play well, but he also had big plays to get him there. Uh, It's a difficult matchup against Logan Ryan in the slot where he continues to run out of. This is a much more difficult matchup. He now faces Logan Ryan, probably a top five slot cornerback in the league, definitely the AFC, as opposed to last week when he got Vernon Hargraves, who was cut by Tampa Bay playing for the Texans as probably the worst slot cornerback in the league. So yeah, Sammy Watkins right now coming in as one of the highest owned players and wide receivers on the slate. I like the price point. Of course, I think he sees five or six targets, but this is a brutal matchup for him compared to last week. The guys are not going to be at least injured to start this game in Hill and Kelsey. And I believe Robinson will have a clean slate with his drops. He's a guy that I feel fine fading in this spot because of the ownership. Um, He projects out fine. He projects out for me for like 11 points or so, and very similar to Corey Davis, Sanders, Samuel, all these guys, but the ownership is high. And I think the matchup is the most difficult and people are going to overlook that. Number seven for me is Emmanuel Sanders. This is his third time facing the Packers this year. He was on the Denver Broncos, if you recall, earlier this year, and he played the Packers week three, and then he played the Packers with the 49ers in week 12. The first matchup, he had two catches for 10 yards. He left early, but it was like in the fourth quarter, pretty late, I believe. Uh, But Jair Alexander shadowed him and shut him down. In week 12, they ended up winning pretty big, so I didn't have to throw as much, but he had one catch for 15 yards. um, So Jair Alexander and that one also shut him down. I think Jair is going to shut him down once again, because he's probably going to see him in this one. And Jair has been playing very well over the second half of the season and last week in the the playoffs. Actually ended up shutting down DK Metcalf on a couple of targets his way for a guy who is completely undersized compared to Metcalf. Sanders, you can argue with me, is a better play than Watkins. You could argue with me that Sanders is a better play with Davis or Samuel, and I really wouldn't change too much. They're all very close for me, and it all comes down to ownership at that point and maybe price because of Corey Davis being so much cheaper. Number eight for me, I'm going to put McCall Hardman. Look, I prefer to take stabs on Hardman over these other types of quote-unquote values, right? You have Mo Allison down here. You have Alan Lazard down here. Um, and, and that's really it. Kendrick Bourne as well. I'd rather just take the guy who's cheaper than all of them, similarly priced to Allison, $100 more actually. Uh, they're all going to get like two to three targets, right? I think Bourne, Allison, Lazard, and Lazard, you can see maybe four or five, but in a much more difficult matchup against Sherman, and he's the most expensive. Um, but Hartman's going to see two or three targets. I'd rather just take a stab on that at this point for the cheap players in a good matchup with um, Mahomes throwing you the ball in the highest team total against Tennessee. I'd rather take a stab on that, but it's not a crazy stance. Adam Humphreys is number nine for me. He practiced on both Wednesday and Thursday. He was limited. Keep an eye on him. He's $3,000. He will take over the slot role if he is healthy and active ahead of Tajay Sharp, ahead of Khalif Raymond. I don't even know if Raymond will play a snap. He only played four last week, ended up getting extremely lucky with a a touchdown for 45 yards on one of those snaps. He ran three routes. Um, Tajay Sharp's only running like eight to 10 routes out of the slot. If Humphreys comes back, I don't expect him to just go full out, but it's also the NFC Championship game. If he logs a practice today on Friday, and it's a full practice or a limited, I feel good about his chances. You might get 15 to 20 snaps out of him out of the slot. Fuller is a good matchup for slot wide receivers. They do put Tyron Matthew in the slot a couple of times, though, this um, Kansas City team, and Matthew's been an absolute stud there. Um, pro bowler type season there for him. Um, all pro, whatever you want to call it. But it's a spot where Humphreys at $3,000 minimum salary. If you told me he was going to play 15 to 20 routes out of the slot, I would I would be very close to having a ton of uh, Adam Humphreys, not 100%, but a lot, one of my higher projected, uh, one of my higher owned players. Just because of the price point and probably the lack of ownership that comes in on him. So keep an eye on Humphreys. If he indeed is going to be active and you get told that he's starting, he probably jumps ahead of McCole Hardman for me and somewhere into like my fifth favorite option when you factor in price. Kendrick Bourne is number 10 for me. Look, I get that people like him. I, like, I see that he scored a touchdown early last week, but I'm going to project him to run 18 routes. He runs out of the slot and he doesn't run every play out of the slot because they don't go a ton of 11 personnel for every single drop back for the San Francisco. team. They'll run a lot of two running back sets. They'll run a lot of two tight end sets. So born out of the slot against a pretty stout and one of the best in the league slot cornerbacks Tremont Williams this season is something that I don't really feel like I have to overpay for at 4,200. Kawhan Allison at number 11 here ranked for me. Three catches for nine yards and no touchdowns versus kwan Williams on four targets in week 12. He's just not a guy that I need to get to. What are you going to get? Two or three targets, 20 or 30 yards out of him at best? $3,700. I don't feel like getting there. And the Packers did use heavy 12 personnel, two tight end sets, and 13 personnel, three tight end sets last week. That hurts a slot wide receiver in Allison. Anytime a 12 personnel is rolled out there, it takes the slot wide receiver off the field, puts a tight end on Anytime 13 personnel is rolled out there, it takes a slot wide receiver and an outside wide receiver off the field. So if the Packers plan on doing that at all again, and they had a lot of success with it, I don't think it's good for Allison. Number 12 is Alan Lazard for me. Got banged up last week, but look, he's just going to be sacrificed to Richard Sherman. I don't care if he sees four or five targets. Rodgers does not target Richard Sherman's way. He does not do it at all. He has had his worst pass rating against Richard Sherman. He has his worst um, completion percentage against any cornerback. It is Richard Sherman. He does not throw to the left side of the field to Richard Sherman. They're going to move Devontae Adams away from that because they obviously need to, to get this offense rolling. So Alazard, he's going to be the starting receiver across Dev- Devontae Adams. When Adams is on the right side of the field, Allison's in the slot. You're going to have to sacrifice Alazard to the left side of the field where he might see uh, in individual one-on-one matchups with Sherman. I would say, honestly, just two or three targets. So at this price point and that matchup, I don't want to get there. I have Demarcus Robinson ranked 13. He saw slightly less routes because of his drops early. Okay, matchup versus Ty Smith, but I think McCole Harman will be factored in a lot and rotated in there. Um, I think they'll move sometimes Sammy Watkins to the outside as well. So it's just not a spot that I feel the need to get to Harman at 3,300. Maybe Hardman should be ranked a little bit higher for me. I could you could argue with me that Hardman at 3,300 should be ranked up near number ten as well with Born uh, and ahead of Allison and Lazard just because he's cheaper and probably sees similar target share. Um, I would actually do that. I would put uh, Demarcus Robinson ahead of Alan Lazard and John Allison here, and maybe even Kendrick Bourne. And then that's it. Uh, Tajay Sharp, Jay Kumu, MVS, and and Khalif Raymond. No interest in any of these guys. Especially no interest in Tajay Sharp Um, at 3,100. Slight interest, maybe. He's still projected 14th ranked for me. I think he only runs like 10 or 12 routes out of the slot. Splits those with Raymond, who probably sees six or eight. But if Adam Humphries is back, I don't think they see any. And lastly, if you made it to if you made it to the tight end spreadsheet now, please do hit the subscribe button. I greatly, greatly appreciate all your support. It does help me a lot. Check out my Patreon exclusive content linked up down below. I'll I'll pop out a number here or a little uh, a little pop out up top here. You can click on that and check it out after the fact. It'll open in a new browser for you. And then also, uh, fantasy draft. If you just click the link down below in the description, just take a second, go down there, click it. Uh, it'll take you to Twitter. You can follow me if you'd like. And then also, just click that link. It'll take you to fantasy draft. It just tracks them for you. But I do encourage you to check it out. It is a very cool platform where you do save a lot of money on rake closing it out with tight end one and two are very close for me this week and then the rest are not and it's really just a price difference for me I think Kittle is 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 I think points wise, Kittle and Kelsey are close. When you factor in a $1,300 price savings off of Kelsey to Kittle, he is my favorite tight end. He's my, he's the number one graded tight end in, in the entire league. According to PFF, he definitely is when you factor in his run blocking skill set. He is absolutely fantastic. And now he gets a bottom three Packers defense that he went for six, 120 plus yards and a touchdown against in week 12. George Kittle, I think is a borderline lock for cash games. I think he's a borderline lock for GPPs. Number two is Travis Kelsey. And I don't think it's similar to last week where you can just stack both of these guys and feel good. Obviously, Kittle doesn't get you there. Kelsey goes for 40 plus, right? 45 or whatever it was. Um, But now with Kelsey's price point being 7,100, if you want to play Kittle and Kelsey, well, now you're automatically sacrificing who? One of Mahomes, Derrick Henry... Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, or maybe even two of those guys. I probably just sacrificed Derrick Henry, but that's a tough pill to swallow just to get to a tight end. Now I really do like Kelsey this week as well. So playing two tight end sets, I think is more than viable. Uh, Travis Kelsey and George Kittle both grade out. If I compare them to my running backs as like, um, only right behind Derrick Henry. I think Henry is similarly, uh, projected to them, but the price points are crazy different. Uh, kills Kelsey is almost $3,000 cheaper. Uh, or Kelsey or Kiddos is almost $3,000 cheaper. Kelsey is like $1,600 cheaper. So I do like both of these tight ends over all of the running back options. Very similar to most of the wide receiver options. I think I would prefer a Tyree kill there ahead of both of these, um, uh, tight ends maybe maybe not ahead of Kittle because of the price so yeah I'm going to be playing a lot of two tight ends this week uh, injury appears to be fine for Kelsey I'm projecting or he's seeing nine targets per game I'm projecting that for this one uh, Kevin Bird in the secondary is a tough matchup for him the former Buffalo Bill now Tennessee Titans safety but it's also a, a the number two graded tight end against Kevin Bird so it makes it a lot easier for him give me a lot of Kittle and Kelsey if I had to give you an an answer for a cheap one after that number three for me is Jonu Smith it's a tough matchup it's as tough as it gets downfield against Tyron Matthew it is a brutal matchup against Tyron Matthew I'll say that for a third time but he's cheap enough to throw a dart at. but I don't really want him I don't want anybody after this Jimmy Graham they used four tight ends last week he ran 28 routes week 12 against the San Francisco 49ers only had one catch for seven yards not good but at least he ran routes last week he only ran 16 routes you know why well one they were leading by three scores but two they ran 12 and 13 personnel so rookie tight end for the Packers Jay Sternberger ran seven routes they had Robert Tonyan and Mercedes Lewis on the field a lot as well. So just crush the upside of Jimmy Graham when he's usually out there as a solo tight end. Um, and then number five, I have ranked here. And then after this, it doesn't really matter. But number five is the Packers rookie tight end, Jay Sternberger. Keep an eye if he's even active. He did run seven routes last week. He ended up catching a ball. And if they use heavy 12 or 13 personnel, I imagine he's the other pass catching tight end that they turn to over Robert Tonian, as they've shown to do that since he's been healthy. Sixth ranked, I have Anthony Ferksker, seven Mercedes Lewis, eighth, I have Blake Bell, the backup tight end, who scored a touchdown last week for Kansas City, had a nice preseason. And then ninth, I have Robert Toney on the Packers' second year professional tight end here. So no real interest It's it's, it's in those guys. It's, Kel, it's Kittle one, it's Kelsey two, and that's really it for me. And if you said, Sal, I want a cheap guy. I want to try and try something different here. It would be Johnny Smith over Jimmy Graham. So thank you for tuning into this video and this podcast episode. Please do on the audio version, hit that five star rating review and do as well hit the subscribe button. Also, you can do that on YouTube here. It helps me out hitting the subscribe button. If you watched all the way through, let me know down below in the comment section. I want to just thank you. So thank you right now for watching all the way through. I'll be sure to reach out to you. And also, if you're a new subscriber, let me know if you made it through this video, you're a new subscriber. I want to introduce myself to you. Check out fantasy draft linked up down below. Also check out my exclusive content linked up down below as well as you can click the little I button above, open it up in a new browser and see what I have to offer. Thanks for tuning in once again have a great weekend i uh, have a great championship weekend and best of luck maybe you'll win the millie air maker if you do let me know peace out game i hope you enjoyed that podcast and before you go if i can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast download a few if you wish but if you enjoyed this podcast if you could please subscribe helps me out help support it so thank you so much and i will see you in the next one